You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast, off-season edition, post-draft edition, which means we are starting one of my favorite series where we get to know the Detroit Lions draft class, and we're going to start in reverse order. But before we get into all that, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. As always, my co-host for First Bite, Ryan Matthews, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how are we doing? It feels good to be kicking off this series of podcasts just because we get a bunch of people in here who know what they're talking about. Yes. Yes. We scramble in, in the like 24, 48 hours after the draft to figure out all we can. And there's, there's a limit because we don't see these guys. We're not in the building with these guys. We don't talk to these guys. And so uh, if this is your first time joining us post-draft, um, we, we bring on a, a beat writer from the, the uh, beat that covered the the players that and like I said we're gonna start in reverse order here so we are gonna start with the Lions seventh round pick cornerback Chase Lucas from Arizona State so to help break us down Chase Lucas we've got Hode Rubino uh the Arizona State beat writer for Devil's Digest Hode thank you for joining us man no problem Jeremy thanks for having me on and good to see you too Ryan well let's let's start at the beginning here um because I kind of want to get to know him as a person which which I hear is you know he's he's a leader that sort of stuff so let's just start at the very beginning He's a four-star recruit out of high school, um, got offers from Notre Dame, Nebraska, but he decided to stay home in the in the Arizona era, area where he grew up. So wh- why do you think that was so important to him? Well, it really was uh, a uh, three-player pack that ended up being just a, a two-player pack uh, between him, uh, Nikhil Harry, who was a wide receiver at uh, Chandler High School, and uh, if you, you may know as a, a first-round draft pick of the uh, New England Patriots, and uh, Byron Murphy, who uh, wasn't uh, too far from them in uh, Scottsdale, uh, Suaro, cornerback, who now plays locally for, for the Arizona Cardinals. So all three of them uh, made a pact that uh, they are going to stay home and they are going to play for Arizona State. Byron Murphy ended up actually playing uh, for Washington, but Chase Lucas and Nikhil Harry uh, kept that uh, end of the pack. And I think uh, it really comes down to that both of them are really uh, uh, big family guys, uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, was was living uh, over here uh, with his grandma uh, from the Bahamas. The rest, rest of his uh, family were, were back there in the Bahamas. And Chase Lucas is uh, somebody who just uh, really had a very uh, strong-knit family uh, over here in the Valley of the Sun. So uh, for both him and, and Akil Harry, uh, it was uh, really a no-brainer uh, to, to, to play for the Sun Devils. But like you said, uh, both him and Akil Harry had uh, great, great offers uh, from all around the country. Akil Harry is actually a five-star uh, prospect out of high school. So uh, they definitely had their uh, pick of the litter and uh, they decided to be, as they say over here in Tempe, home- hometown heroes. 
Yeah. So Hode, he, he, he decides to be a hometown hero, right. And you know, he, you know, he, he set up, he set up camp and he was in Arizona state for quite some time. Right. So, so talk about like uh, early on as a player, he's redshirted in 2016. Um, but from there on, I mean, the guy played a lot of football for Arizona state. So what, what was Chase's um, maturation maturation process as a player from, you know, starting as a freshman in 2017 and, and, and moving forward. I think Randy bring up an excellent point of the maturation because you really could see somebody and heck, you know, Chase Lucas was here for six years. So, you definitely get to see a lot of maturation uh, with with any player, even with a two, three year period, let alone a six year period. But yes, I think that uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, a, a young and uh, spunky cornerback, uh, likes to trash talk. And I get a lot of quarterbacks trash talk anyway, no matter if they're <laughs> freshmen or fifth year seniors. But right. uh, Chase Lucas definitely uh, fit that persona of the cornerback that, that is, that is going to talk trash, but it's somebody who really was uh, the, the life of the team. And you definitely saw throughout his career at Arizona State that he did settle down. I'm not saying that it took the fire out of his game or anything like that, but uh, maybe later in, later on in his career, he uh, kind of knew uh, which, which fights to pick, uh, for, for lack of a better term. And I think that's what uh, elevated him to captain status in his last year at Arizona State. Chase Lucas was very uh, uh, open, and I think Ed Coach Herm Edward was too, how disappointed it was that he didn't get it in, in the previous year. But Herm Edwards wanted to see that maturation from Chase Lucas. I think Chase Lucas really answered the call, if you will, and became a more, a more mature player, which I think really helped his skills um, by default. So uh, he's a, definitely a player that it was really fun to see uh, grow in front of your eyes. I mean, maybe his career, when you look at uh, performance-wise, stat-wise, was a little bit of a roller coaster. But I think in terms of maturity, both uh, physically and, and mentally, uh, you definitely saw the trajectory you want to see from a player that's been in the program for so long. I, I want to go back to that redshirt freshman year where you got the cocky kid who's playing cornerback, but not really that experienced at the cornerback position, played played a lot of running back in high school. So, um, But eight passes defended that first season that he played. Uh, was there a moment where you saw him play where like that guy has a lot, like he could be special? Yeah, I mean, I really think uh, just the fact that he played uh, so well as a retrofit freshman, and like you said, really with no uh, defensive back experience at all in high school. And I know that some people here really uh, follow the high school scene uh, very closely. We're surprised that one of the best running backs is senior year in high school uh, here in, in the Phoenix metro area. Now go now goes goes and plays a uh, cornerback. But uh, you know, give credit to the ASU coaches that knew that yes, we need to bring a guy like Chase Lucas on board, but he needs to play a whole different position altogether. I know uh, the, the defensive coordinator uh, back then, Phil Bennett, always uh, always joked that uh, Chase Lucas was reminding him, um, you know, how much of a better running back he is than actually cornerback. <laughs> you know, he said, that, said not, not exactly what you want to hear as a defensive coordinator, but uh, but like I said, the beauty of Chase Lucas is that uh, he really took to the position uh, really uh, really quickly and uh, really proved that he was able to make that transition. Uh, I'm not going to say seamlessly because definitely were some growing pains, but I think really from the first year that he that he played the position at Arizona State and started for so many games really was an etched in stone starter, if it, if you will, for Arizona State. Uh, it wasn't really uh, the lesser of two evils or anything like that. He's somebody that was able to, to prove himself each and every year that he was one of the best players on defense, especially in the defensive backfield. So uh, maybe it's not uh, uncommon for players such as Chase Lucas to make such a 
drastic uh, position change from high school to college, and you already have a lot of challenges playing in that next level to begin with. But I think uh, Chase Lucas, by and large, was really able to conquer those challenges uh, very, very, very well. So I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Hode, uh, but, but we ask this question to everybody we bring in for this segment. Was there a moment in a game that really stood out to you where you were like, all right, Chase Lucas, like this guy is, a, you know, ends up being a freshman All-American. Like, was there a moment in that first season where you're like, this guy, he gets it? I really don't know if like it was really a specific uh, moment uh, in terms of, like a big uh, pass uh, pass breakup or interception sure. or, or anything like that. But uh, I think just the, just the fire that, that, that he brought, I mean, maybe to some uh, lesser talented or lesser, lesser experienced wide receivers, that that's somewhat, somewhat in, in, intimidating. I mean, sure. You have to back up the smack talk, but again, you, you said it yourself, you look at the numbers that he, that he put up as a retro freshman, the fact that he was a he was an, an all freshman team, then that really shows that that combination of God given talent, but also um, you know jawing at the opponent all the time. I think I was really able to successfully play uh, the head games to his advantage. Uh, so I think uh, that's something that, that really uh, uh, stuck up uh, stuck uh, with me, uh, you know, quite early early in his career. Again, he really really uh, tapered down that aspect of his game, that aspect of his personality. To be honest. But that did not take away from his uh, abilities on each and every Saturday. So maybe a young cornerback like him, again, somebody who made a drastic position change from high school, maybe he needed to have that persona, if you will, uh, to become successful. Doesn't always work uh, for everybody, no matter what position on the field they play. But I think for Chase Lucas, that played really, really well. I mean, he's somebody that fired up himself. He fired up the teammates. He, he fired up his crowd right up the crowd. And, and again, I think the fact that he was a local player that was just maybe icing on the cake to the whole package named Chase Lucas. It's interesting. You, you talk about this kind of transformation from a, a cocky in your face kind of guy to more of a mature guy. I'm kind of curious if that maybe was triggered by the coaching change that he, he underwent. Like you go from an authoritarian type like Todd Graham to very much a player's coach. And, you know, not, not that Herm Edwards isn't, isn't going to get on you. He, he certainly will, but he, played the game. He's a, he's a former cornerback. He knows it. Do you think there's maybe any sort of connection to, to him maturing from going from one to another? Well, look, uh, I, I won't uh, disagree that uh, an authoritarian, authoritarian figure such as uh, uh, Todd Graham is somebody who didn't always uh, take too kindly for any players being ex, ex, extra boisterous. And not only Chase right. Lucas, I'm not implying that he got on his case more, more than other players, but uh, I think that when you have the smack, uh, I'm sorry, the performance to back up the smack talk, if you right. will, then uh, th that sometimes coaches know that, okay, I mean, I'm going to let that player do him and, and, and let him, and let him showcase his personality as long as it does not affect his play on, on any given down. But uh, it, it's funny you mentioned that because Chase Lucas was not shy uh, saying that he did not uh, like, he didn't like the Todd Graham uh, style, style of head coaching. He said if Todd Graham stayed actually one extra year before him and ASU parted ways, that he would seriously consider transferring out. Hmm. Uh, now, maybe it's easy to say that after the fact when right. uh, that uh, just uh, stays in the in the realm of a theory rather than a reality that, that does actually test that statement. But nonetheless, um, I think that actually um, in a weird way, maybe the fact that he played for Herm Edwards and assistant coaches, who were not really on his case as much as Todd Graham and his assistants back then 
it's kind of ironic that actually that's the time where he was given freedom, maybe to express himself more than his first two years in Tempe, but nonetheless, he knew how to tam- uh, taper it down, really let the normal maturity take over instead of, instead of fighting it. And I think it really definitely uh, benefited him uh, both in his ASU career and now as a cornerback uh, drafted in the NFL draft. It's, it's an interesting yeah. transformation, and I'll let you get right into it, Ryan. But, like, the reason I brought that up is because the Lions, obviously, they went through something very similar with Matt Patricia being kind of an authoritarian type and now very much a player's coach and Dan Campbell. So to kind of see someone already go through that, I wonder how that might impact him in the NFL having gone through that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think it's going to have, you know, his, uh, his, his rookie moments. Sure. You know, whether it's coaches being too hard on him, uh, you know, his teammates asking him to, to, to carry their laundry or – <laughs> or go out for a late beer run, uh, you know, and, and anything like that when he picks up the tab. But, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe some of the experiences he had over here at ASU, again, a six-year career, which is rare, uh, even with the uh, COVID super senior uh, phenomenon, um, maybe he's ready for anything Detroit can throw at him. Wow. Yeah. The COVID super senior, what a very specific <laughs> class of player. Um, that he's, will be, be... he's definitely part of that class. Absolutely. Yeah. Six, yeah. six years at Arizona state. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in, in all that time, you know, Ho, you mentioned that kind of roller coaster of production that he, that he experienced. And I want to go back to, you know, what, what Jeremy mentioned with the coaching change uh, as Jeremy mentioned, Herm Edwards, former defensive back in the NFL. But I, I think that roller coaster probably ended, you know, the best way that it could like right over, right over the biggest Hill, right? Like it seemed like he had a lot of momentum um, going into you know, senior season and things like that. Do you feel like Herm Edwards was uh, how, how feel or how vital do you think Herm Edwards was in, in that process of, of him growing as a, a cornerback? Oh, extremely vital because I don't know if you mentioned this, but Herm Edwards himself was a defensive back in, in, in the NFL and a pretty, a pretty good one at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I think that the fact, that the credibility factor, not only from somebody who was an NFL coach for so many years, telling you each and every day in practice, this is what you need to do to get to the next level. But with somebody like Chase Lucas, that rings even truer because I, because Herm Edwards is somebody who would play the same exact position as Chase Lucas played. And that's, that really, to me, just carries just uh, so much more weight. I mean, I think Chase Lucas really took to Herm Edwards from day one. So I don't know if Herman Edwards needed to show extra credibility for somebody like Chase Lucas, for example, but it wasn't uh, uncommon at all for us to see uh, in any given practice uh, Herman Edwards uh, with the uh, permission of the defensive backs coach uh, doing actually uh, personal coaching of not only Chase Lucas, but, 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 the, but the entire group. And again, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Chase Lucas and, and his entire teammates in that position uh, definitely took to heart uh, what uh, Herm Edwards uh, was was teaching them because, like I said, the the credibility factor for him is, is absolutely un- unquestionable. So when you look at the development of Chase Lucas, when you look at where Chase Lucas is right now in his career, absolutely, somebody like Herm Edwards definitely has a, a pretty big part of that. I would say. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more Chase Lucas, get more into kind of the details of what kind of player he is. We're here with Ch- uh, with Hode Rubino from Devil's Digest. We'll be right back on First Bite.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite with Hode Rubino from Arizona, the Arizona State beat writer for Devil's Digest, talking about Lions seventh round pick Chase Lucas, the cornerback. Uh, Hode, let's get a little bit into what kind of player he is. And I, I want to start um, just what I, I guess if you could describe how he plays. Is he a physical cornerback? Is he more of a mental guy? Is, is, he, is he a combination of the both? I think Chase Lucas is somebody who is not a freak athlete uh, by, by any means. Uh, he's definitely, you know, a taller cornerback, even in the uh, NFL standards, uh, being being a five eleven. But I want to consider himself a physical, uh, you know, cornerback. I think really um, him not shying away from tackles isn't so much uh, because he has a lot of confidence in his physical abilities to just knock down uh, receivers, no matter what size they are. But I think it's just just the self-confidence that he really exudes on, on each, each and every snap. I think it's, he's somebody that uh, relies, and I should say relies successfully and heavily on his technique, on, on his football IQ. Again, you can't overstate how much experience a guy like, like Chase Lucas has been six years in the program, and that can compensate uh, with him uh, trying to uh, in, in, engage, engage in a footwork and uh, with, with any, any given wide receiver. I think it's somebody who naturally would uh, work uh, much better on the boundary side that, than, than the field side. I mean, granted, even on that side of the field, uh, you, you can get uh, receivers that, that, that are plenty um, uh, quick and, and, and even, even more physical uh, in, in nature. But, but nonetheless, I think he's somebody that um, – just knows the tools that he has, doesn't try to be something some, some, something that, that he can't be. And I think that's something that served him really, really well uh, in the college level. Obviously, NFL is, is going to be a whole, whole different story. But uh, I think if uh, the coaches in Detroit can really understand what kind of skill set he has and, and more importantly, put him in situations that he can succeed, which, again, probably won't be trying to uh, – chase a, a, a wide receiver on, on a post route or a go route 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. I think Chase Lucas uh, can, uh, can be somebody that can have a pretty nice career in the NFL. So I, I think what's interesting, Hode, you mentioned, you know, he, he wasn't anything super special in terms of an athlete, right? And I, I think this is an interesting draft pick from the Lions standpoint because they, they really put a, a, a priority on like positional versatility and being able to kind of move guys around and, and, you know, I, I want to know specifically like in terms of where Chase was playing, because he's, he's 
pretty like average in terms of size too, like 5'11", 180. Um, was he playing on the inside? Was was he playing on the outside? Was he doing a bunch of that stuff at Arizona State? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you brought it up because when ASU uh, was uh, lining up uh, in nickel uh, last year, it was not uh, uncommon to see Chase Lucas uh, most of the time actually be that, that, that nickel back. So I, I think I think he does have some versatility. I think some of us even speculated that maybe Chase Lucas would be drafted as a safety or just be looked at a safety at the next level. Now, for what it's worth, the, the Detroit Lions front office don't see him as, as a safety, but I'm really curious if he sticks with the Lions for a few years, uh, maybe they do see him playing that safety role. Or maybe if he does go to another NFL team, no matter if it's uh, the near future or the distant future, maybe they actually view, uh, view, view him as a safety. I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability to play cornerback uh, at, at, at the NFL level, but uh, but again, he's just uh, a maybe more unique cornerback as far as not being somebody who can really keep uh, keep in a foot race with you know, the vast majority of, of the wide receivers that he's going to cover. But that does not mean that he is not a good a good cover cornerback uh, uh, to begin with. And again, not that 5'11", 180 is really you know that slim. Right. But uh, even for not being a big framed uh, cornerback, and I don't know how many of those exist in the NFL to begin with. Uh, he's somebody who's def- definitely de- does not shy away from contact, uh, does not uh, mind, uh, you know, to take it, to, taking chances, um, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, ball strips or just, just deflecting passes. So I think that uh, he, he, he knows who, who he is, and I think he really maximized his God-given talents to the best of his abilities. And I'm sure there are coaches over there in Detroit that, that, that can really do the same. And just put him in situations which do fit uh, Chase Lucas best, rather than uh, you know trying to make him something that he's not, especially in a more challenging level of football. Is he a safety, Jeremy? Is that what we're hearing? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. The they, the lines certainly enjoy guys that are positional versatile, and they 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 move corners to safety and safety. It's a corner last year, so it wouldn't be surprising to see him play multiple spots in, in training camp or, or next week's rookie camp. Uh, so that, that, that's good to know that, that you think maybe he's, he's maybe a better fit at safety. And that would make sense, right? It's a, it's a cerebral position, and, and he's a guy with, with a ton of experience, probably knows everything, which kind of leads me to my next question, which is, is, is he more adept at maybe being a, a zone coverage kind of guy because he can recognize coverages like that and, and doesn't have maybe the, the physical abilities to be a man, like a pure man guy? Well, that's another interesting question because ASU really hasn't played much zone. Okay. Uh, I mean, e- even under Todd Graham and especially under Herm Edwards, it really was mo- mostly man to man. And I think with the zone coverage, I mean, sure, to, to have that high football IQ is is definitely um, either either a showstopper or an absolute foundation that you need to have to play that. But with that, I think comes the agility and comes the speed. Yeah. And I don't want to say that Chase Lucas is flat of foot. I mean, he, you know, you know, he ran a four four eight in the combine. I mean, right. that's nothing really to be, to, to be ashamed about. I mean, sure. There were, there were faster corners than him and probably uh, majority of those corners actually got, got drafted higher, but I think also to be a successful zone coverage guy, uh, you do have to have, I would probably above average agility and speed to, to go with that. So I don't know if uh, Chase Lucas would be uh, somebody who would feel that, that comfortable uh, in, in a zone coverage that really required that. But uh, that's why I think, uh, you know, as a safety, maybe playing, cl- you know, closer to the line of scrimmage or maybe being uh, that, 
I would say wingman, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for a cornerback uh, trying trying to uh, uh, cover somebody uh, in in space. I think Chase Lucas is somebody who I think, at least on paper, can can execute those duties quite well. But again, when I talk about, when I talk about versatility with Chase Lucas, I'm really hesitant to talk about him uh, being a successful zone uh, defensive back just because a he didn't do that much at all at ASU in that capacity, and b I just uh, really doubt that his overall skill set would really lend itself to being a very uh, successful zone defensive back. He has a very uh, good skill set that just has to be utilized in in the right areas. Again, I'm just not sure zone uh, coverage would be one of those. So, so I feel like we've kind of like tiptoed around it and danced around it a little bit. Uh, we've talked a lot about you know what Chase Lucas can do. What are some of the things, challenges that he's going to have to overcome um, that that you were able to see during his time at ASU, and that he still needs to work on in in, in the NFL to be successful? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, uh, not that he's you know slow as molasses out there uh, trying to cover uh, players, but he he is going to lose he's going to lose a lot of foot weight, uh, foot races. Um, he's not the most the, the, the most physical corner, so even in tight spaces. Uh, you know, I, I would I definitely, uh, you know, have my question, question marks arise where they can really stop a lot of, a lot of physical wide receivers out there. And look, I mean, you, you can roll tape on, on any given Sunday, a lot of cornerbacks uh, that are much more experienced and some would say even more talented than Chase Lucas uh, do give up, uh, you know, big plays to the, the physical wide receivers. So I, I don't think, I don't think it would be uh, re- really different uh, in that sense, but in terms of uh, closing speed, I mean, I don't think that Chase Lucas, really has um, that trait um, in, 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 in good doses. So that's why I think uh, it may be tighter spaces as long as the wide receiver isn't really physically overmatching. I mean, that's something that, that that's really going really, really gonna to help him, uh, help him quite a bit. And, um, you know, I, I just feel that, uh, you know, again, it's just, it just has the, the very, very specific uh, skill set of a cornerback that, again, is not going to wow you with his agility and, and, and how, and, and how nimble he's going to be, but uh, you just have to put him in, in the really, in the really right, right position to succeed. Uh, and again, that just might be closer spaces that might be really maybe close, close to the line of scrimmage, really, really trying to jam wide receivers uh, within that five yard um, uh, buffer rather than try to chase him, chase him down the field uh, um, later on in the play. So I think that, um, you know, those are the, set of elements, set of parameters uh, that really have to be present for Chase Lucas to have success at the NFL level. Well, the other way that he can obviously have success, and it's common for a lot of late round picks, is, is through special teams. So um, can you go over maybe his, his resume as a special teamer? And, and do you think he has that kind of aggressive mentality that, that's necessary to, to be a special teamer at the NFL level? Yeah, I know that, first of all, just take this off the table, that as a returner, both a punt and kick returner, I mean, he was tried over there very, very seldom, uh, did not really have a good track record over there. I think he was very lucky to have a very, very talented players at those positions during Chase Lucas's tenure. So I don't see him assuming that role um, in, 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 in the NFL. As far as uh, ASU, um, more earlier in career than later uh, was, the, uh, was he on special teams. But, yes, I think that uh, – in terms of being an above average player on special teams. Yes. I think I would definitely put that label um, on, on Chase Lucas and needless to say, when you're drafted in the seventh round, uh, you better prove that you're one <laughs> heck of a special teams player starting right now with the rookie camp, let alone uh, with, uh, with uh, the uh, preseason camp in, in August. So um, I think if that's, what's going to take 
for Chase Lucas to actually make the team. I think that he might have a good chance not to do that because from what we saw at Arizona, at Arizona State, maybe some limited body of work, uh, I think that, that I saw um, enough um, flashes, if you will, to, to think that, uh, yes, that he, he can be a good, a good special teams player. And again, not only just using uh, his uh, athletic ability, but really the football IQ mm-hmm. element of his game, which is higher than athletic ability. And I think uh, still uh, is something that can serve even a special teams player who's, you know, running with like his head is cut off down the field, but uh, really having uh, the, the right angle uh, to make that crucial tackle on, on a kick or punt return is, uh, is definitely, definitely a gift that I think somebody like Chase Lucas uh, does have. And again, just because uh, his skill set really almost forces him to be that uh, uh, type of player, type of defensive back that has to really calculate uh, angles because uh, he's not going to win uh, uh, each and every foot race, whether it's a wide receiver or a punt slash kick returner. And, and we kick things off by talking about who he was as a, a um, as a person. I, I'm a little bit more intrigued to learn just a, a bit more about him as a person, as a football player. Like what were his leadership qualities? You, Hold, you, you, you talked about how he'd like to, you know, fire up his other teammates, fire up the crowd. How, how was he able to do that? Well, I think it's just really just um, woven, woven in his personality. It's absolutely part of, part of his DNA. And, uh, Maybe, like I said, early in the career, it was like, you know, hyping himself up, uh, hyping up the crowd. But, uh, but as a team captain, it was more just channeled to, like, hype, hype, hyping your teammates. You know, I mentioned earlier before we came on air that as uh, you and probably a lot of people watching the, watching the podcast right now, you know that ASU, unfortunately, since last uh, May, has been under incidentally investigation for alleged recruiting violations. And obviously, it, was, it has been chaos ever, ever since. And uh, Chase Lucas uh, did uh, base, and I, I think he said, said this on, on social media uh, or, or maybe, a, maybe in an interview to beat writers, but he basically uh, told his teammates, said, look, the transfer portal is right there. If you want to exit, exit, exit it right now. But if you're going to stay on this team, you know, you're, you're, you're going to fight and you're going to give uh, all of yourself uh, to, to, uh, to the Sun Devil squad. And uh, I think that's a perfect example of somebody who wasn't, you know, just laying into teammates that, left or were thinking about leaving or, or, or anything like that, but rather just, just really challenging, uh, channeling, I'm sorry, that fire and that passion uh, of, of him as a player in a, in a very, very, in a very, very positive manner. So, uh, you know, he, he, he definitely, he definitely has a big personality and uh, he always kind of wonder with rookies, you know, they kind of, kind of know their place and maybe when they feel more secure at their place, maybe they maybe then let the personality stand out. But uh I'm telling you right now, Jeremy and Ryan, I won't be surprised uh, if he's going to be a media darling uh, from yeah. day one in rookie camp and maybe later on in, in preseason <laughs> camp. They could say, ah, oh, you know, seventh rounder, you know, 50-50 chance at best to make the team. But but I think it'll, it'll definitely make things entertaining for the beat riders, make, maybe, maybe, maybe think, make uh, things entertaining in the, in the locker room. He definitely is a big personality. He, he definitely is uh, funny, doesn't really hold back, hold back a lot. And uh, if he makes the team, I think his confidence is going to just going to grow more and more, not only on the field, but off the field. It is really going to be a fun player to cover and maybe even a fan favorite uh, sooner rather than later. This is, this is me writing down that he can weather <laughs> adversity uh, because that you're in, you're in Detroit. You might have to weather some adversity oh, yeah. at some point. Um, la- last question I have from you. And I like to ask this one. Is there, is there a play or a moment in a, in a press conference or something 
amongst Chase Lucas's five, six, whatever your career was at Arizona State. That that is just like it's pure Chase Lucas. That is who he is. That's who you're going to get. That's that's what Lions fans should expect. Yeah, you know, as a as a beat writer, I mean, he just has like just way too many quotes to, to even like remember <laughs> one specific one. But like I said, it's just absolutely entertaining. But at the same time, really, really frank. I mean, even when he gets serious, um, you really, really, um, um, I would say, learn to appreciate it is, is candor and, and his honesty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was brutal honesty. Like you said, if Todd Graham stayed here for one more year, I, I, would, I would never play for him. Uh, you know, the, as a beat writer, I mean, you, you want to get that honesty from Claire and, and yeah. really, really tell the way it is. But, but on the field, I think the play that not only stands out to me the most, but I'm, I'm sure to every person who followed Chase Lucas's career here in Tempe is uh, in 2018, I believe, uh, they played uh, on the road in Seattle against the University of Washington, uh, you know, rainy game at night, which is not out of the norm at all for, the, for a place like Seattle sure. in the first play of the game, uh, the Huskies uh, tried try to trick play uh, where the wide receiver is actually the one that threw the pass. Uh, Chase, Chase Lucas intercepted that uh, wasn't too far from a pick six, but uh, did return that interception uh, into the red zone and ASU scored uh, right away with like two and a half minutes into the game. Then it ended up losing that game, but they were like clear underdogs. Uh, on that night and and that play by Chase Lucas maybe gave ASU fans and coaches some kind of hope they were able to pull the upset that that uh, that definitely never happened but uh, that was definitely a big play by Chase Lucas and I think the bigger part of the play I should say is that that was the year when a lot of uh, teams had the uh, turnover chain mm-hmm. and each, each, each team had their own rituals so what ASU had and I thought it was really cool and really original that they actually had a barbell uh, on the on, on the sidelines, and Chase Lucas was just was just like <laughs> lifting the barbell over there, and, and some people criticized his form, you know, like it wasn't on the way to his chest or whatever. But I, I thought like it was a really really cool gesture. But I think uh, the coaches at ASU caught enough flack that they stopped that uh, tradition right after that. Uh, they didn't want to talk about it. They couldn't address it if you if you asked them about it in an interview. So uh, Chase Lucas. Uh, will live, I'm not saying infamy, but uh, for being the first and the last player with the uh, turnover barbells. Uh, that, that, that was definitely a cool thing, a cool thing to see. And again, with his personality, with him being so jovial, that absolutely fit like, a, you know, a glove to the hand to, to see that guy do it. Well, that's Hode uh, Rubino, the Arizona State beat writer from De- Devil's Digest. Uh, really appreciate your time. Great insight. And, and now I feel like I know a, a lot more about the, the Lions seventh round pick in, in Chase Lucas. Um, before we let you go, is there anything you want to want to plug if, if Lions fans want to know more about him or, or maybe Arizona State football? Yeah, on my front page, uh, devilsdigest.com, uh, the article is still there uh, about, about Chase Lucas and, and just really a quick uh, uh, snapshot of his career. Uh, and and what, what he's done in Arizona State. If you go to my YouTube channel, uh, which is also uh, Devil's Digest, and just do a search for Chase Lucas, trust me, you're going to have a lot of uh, gems over there in terms of in terms of interviews and quotes. Uh, my uh, my Twitter is is at Devil's Digest. And again, I'll just leave Lions fans uh, with this. I mean, if Chase Lucas is going to make the team, and I know seventh round uh, pick, uh, the odds may not always be in your favor, but you're going to have a lot of fun covering him if, if he's going to make the team. And I think. Like I said, just through um, uh, rookie camp and uh, preseason camp, I think he's really going to be fun uh, t- uh, to, to follow. And uh, when, when he's going to be in front of a microphone or a camera, just be ready for anything and everything. <laughs> I, I think it's really, really going to be fun uh, to, to follow him and, and hear, hear what he has to say. <clears throat> I mean, for me, 
for somebody that's known it for so many years, a really, really easy, easy guy to root, root for. And I hope he just uh, really uh, kicks ass over there in Detroit or just wherever his NFL career takes him. Hey, like, like Ho just said, jump over to the Devil's Digest uh, YouTube channel and check out Chase Lucas do some barbells. <laughs> that's that's got to be there, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thank you, Hode, for, for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, talking about the next Lions draft pick. But until then, thanks for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.